Mindfulness Mode 391. Trust that inner voice that could be defined as consciousness. Reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness here on Mindfulness Mode with me, your host and Mindfulness Life Coach, Bruce Langford. Have you ever thought of launching your own podcast? That's something that almost anyone can do. And I want to tell you that you will need to do some research and figure out how to do it. One of the things is you'll need a host, a place to upload your episodes. And Podbean is where I upload mine, and Podbean is wonderful. The cost is reasonable. They're so helpful. They're built specifically for podcasters, and they've been around for 10 years. Like I said, the pricing is super competitive. It's $9 a month, no matter how much content you upload, and they have great stats as well. You can help support Mindfulness Mode and get a month for free with my affiliate link. So just go to podbean.com forward slash podbeanmm, standing for Mindfulness Mode. I'm excited about today's show, everybody, because I met this man in in Atlanta when I was there speaking at the Zen Consciousness Conference and he's an investor and I'm going to share a little bit about him, his bio. David Cheng is a Shanghai-based investor entrepreneur. He founded Angel Vest Group, which provided the initial seed funding to bring Hanson Robotics to Hong Kong from the USA. David was former product developer at Honda R&D in Japan and USA, and he's invested in over 20 early and growth stage companies. He's a former investment banker at US, China, Bulge Bracket and Boutique firms. He also led AMD's microprocessor technology transfer to China's Ministry of Science and Technology. David holds an MBA from Harvard Business School and a BS electrical engineering degree from the University of Rochester. I totally enjoyed talking with David and I think that will show in this interview that you're about to enjoy. So sit back, relax and take in this great interview with David Chang. Hey, Mindful Tribe, I'm here today with an awesome guest. I'm here with David Cheng. And I don't know if you know, David Cheng is the Chief Financial Officer at Hanson Robotics. Hey, David, are you in mindfulness mode today? I've been in mindfulness mode the entire weekend. I mean, we're here at this fantastic conference called the Zen Consciousness Conference in Atlanta, Georgia. I've not been here in decades. Uh, and it certainly opened up my mind about what consciousness can be. Uh, as I've said many times to the audience and to new friends that I've met here, I'm a newbie at this. Uh, I'm completely, or I think I'm completely new at mindfulness. Um, and I was trying to learn more about it and get exposed to it, meet friends um, that could help me become more mindful uh, in what I do. Well, David, it's it absolutely has been a terrific weekend. I've been so excited to be here. But, you know, you seem like a person who is grounded. And I know that you say you haven't really done a lot of mindfulness, but you seem like you're very grounded and very um, intentional just in the way you come across. <laughs> what do you, what's your response to that? I suppose I should take that as a compliment. <laughs> um, but I'll work on that. I'll try to be more edgy, I guess. <laughs> um, um, I guess it um, relates to state of 
being and um, state of behavior, even, you know, for me, um, while uh, on stage, but also, um, more importantly, probably in the last couple of years. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of things going on in my life that keeps me very, very busy. A lot of balls in the air that I've got to juggle. And I realize that worrying about those things, having fear, um, having uh, worried thoughts really doesn't help. So somehow I mechanically or consciously uh, force a state of calm. I'm not sure exactly how I can do that, but somehow I take a step back. And then I try to look at the bigger picture of what those many things um, are and um, what they mean. So what I do is um, think, you know, what is the ultimate impact? Is it just because um, something is bugging me and, you know, if it costs some money, then that's fine. Money is just a tool to accomplish what one, one wants to accomplish in one's journey throughout life. So there are ways that I try to... Um, you know, reduce that anxiety or, or, or fear or whatever you may want to call it. And I try to ground myself in that regard. So I guess what, what I said was right. You are grounded. You try to ground yourself. That's, I try to ground, yes. <laughs> that's, that's good. Well, what does mindfulness mean to you after you've been at this event for three days? What would you say? A um, couple things. I mean, um, you know, um, uh, the way that I was schooled and um, trained and uh, um, kind of brought through various work environments. Uh, you, you, you analyze things, you come across situations, you kind of uh, devise options, options A, B, C, D, etc. And then you pick, right? And then you run the numbers and say, oh, that would make sense, option B. Um, what I'm trying to do and what I've learned that, uh, that probably is a bit more effective is uh, trust your gut, trust your intuition. And if something comes to mind, uh, when, that, when that little voice inside of yourself says, hey, it's, it's this one, you know, it's this direction or the, it's option B or option C, then that probably could be it. And um, what I'm trying to do better is to trust that inner voice that could be defined as consciousness and that we all have and uh to move in that direction uh, once I hear it. David, you're a grad of the Harvard Business School. Was that a high-stress place to be? That was a very interesting place. I mean, um, I had worked previously for a large Japanese company, Honda Motor, and everybody was um, similar, or everybody was encouraged to be similar, I should say. Uh, when I got to the Harvard Business School, um, it was an amazing, eye-opening experience of diversity, people from different backgrounds, people from different parts of the world. And um, um, I felt that, uh, yes, these are all high achievers, and I was humbled to be part of that group. Um, and um, certainly it was uh, also an amazing environment in terms of uh, an educational experience. You're an investor. What was the most challenging investment that you ever made? What was the most tense, stressed out investment that you just didn't know what to do and then you just sprung for it? Can you describe that? Um, well, there are a couple that I thought were kind of interesting. Um, I mean, I wouldn't say that, you know, anyone was tense more than the other, others, let's say, but 
um, there's some investments that I can think about that I thought, wow, looking back, it wasn't the obvious choice, but looking at it now, uh, it kind of turned out to be okay. Um, one of those examples is Hanson Robotics. Um, when I invested in that company four years ago in Dr. David Hansen, um, he was living in Dallas, Texas, where there was no early stage venture capital available. He had just recently won, at that time, a startup competition in Hong Kong. And uh, I thought, wow, this guy makes pretty amazing lifelike robots. And um, his artistry, his craft uh, was amazing. And um, got to know him a bit better. I thought, well, that's the company that I should invest in. Even though at that time there was no market for robotics or artificial intelligence. Um, there were quite a few people on my team, my members, that thought that was a crazy investment. Looking at that now, where we are in the world today, and how AI has become so popular, and how some of the robots have become so popular, I think that was um, a good investment choice. Do you sometimes feel like you're living in the shadows of some of your robots, like Sophia? Um, well, Sophia certainly has become a very, very um, popular and well-known robot globally, um, and uh, I think it's amazing that the world has embraced her. So the answer is sometimes yes. Um, you know, we as people behind Sophia perhaps do live in the shadow of Sophia, but behind behind Sophia, there is an amazing team of people that have made her what she is today and will continue to develop her capabilities and, and skills to become a more lifelike robot. I know that you spend a lot of time with business decisions and, and business in general, but what do you love to do in life besides that? Uh, well, um, my family, of course, I enjoy spending time with my family. Uh, when I was younger in college, um, I started um, uh, taking martial arts classes uh, um, in Japanese Shotokan karate, and I've stayed with that for the past, uh, well, decades, actually. Um, and uh, that's all also been a source of my own meditation and a way to um, to be mindful. Uh, to me, it's meditative. Uh, the some of the the, the techniques, punches, the punches, blocks, kicks uh, are very basic. But um, it, it, number one is 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 a great workout. But secondly, I'm trying to tie that martial arts to um, Zen consciousness and and mindfulness. Well, I think there's probably a very close tie to Zen consciousness with that. So I think that's great. Now, I want to ask you about bullying. I always ask a question about this. Is there a story you can share with us? Maybe when you were a child, maybe as an adult in business, where maybe you bullied someone or someone bullied you. Do you have a story you can share with us where mindfulness would have made a difference as to how it came out? That's a great question. I mean, bullying has, been a, has become a hot topic in modern times. Um, and uh, one of the, the tenets of, um, of karate um, is um, the first one is seek perfection of character. And in that statement in itself, um, all people who practice that martial art are asked to behave uh, in a way that would be respectable of others and yourself. And that means no bullying. Uh, when I was growing up in New York State, um, it was a very different environment many decades ago, and uh, people didn't take bullying um, 
seriously, if at all. And certainly I observed um, bouts of that and even myself uh, uh, growing up as a, uh, as a kid. Um, um, you know, I was more on the quiet side, on the shy side. And, you know, some people did take advantage of that. And um, while I found it to be bothersome, I was able to uh, find my own ways to just uh, avoid that or to find other interests that uh, that didn't put me into, let's say, a negative mood or, or depression, let's say. But I think it's a big problem, uh, or I think it was a big problem. And I think you know, in today's society, uh, you know, because I've got two kids of my own now, um, that's certainly, certainly something that I look out for in their school, in their environment. Um, and um, I think it's all about upbringing, uh, values at home, education, and also finding ways, perhaps through mindfulness or consciousness, to elevate um, our society, our community, uh, to realize that we're all connected. And that kind of behavior, whether it's, you know, amongst your uh, peers or um, with, within your, 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 your social group amongst your kids, that kind of behavior can be, can be changed, I would believe. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. You know, in, in life, we all have a lot of ups and downs, it seems. How do you deal with your downs? Do you ever feel depressed? Um, well, there are moments of, uh, of, well, wow, I could have done that better or this should be better. Um, and uh, I'm not sure if depressed is the right word to use, but certainly disappointment, of course. Um, and I guess the way that I would deal with that is through introspection, through um, thought about finding um, ways that, that that could be avoided going forward. David, you said that money is a tool. How would you like to live in a world with no money? What would that be like for you? Well, that's a very interesting question because I'm also looking at the world of cryptocurrencies and a world without money would be a world with cryptocurrencies. <laughs> <laughs> and what would that be like for you? You probably know a lot more about cryptocurrencies than I do. Well, it's a theoretical question. And um, I think um, if you look at money as we know it today, uh, you know, what is money? Uh, what is currency? And, uh, and why do we have different currencies? So here in the United States, we use the U.S. dollar. In Canada, you use the Canadian dollar. You go to Hong Kong, there's the Hong Kong dollar. You go to Europe, there's the euro. You go to Japan, there's the yen. You go to China, there's the renminbi, right? Different color bills, different denominations. Uh, but somehow, through the currency exchange system, you can go from one country to the next, and you can exchange your currency. So you can use the money locally. And you think about who is uh, legally able to print money, and they are now only, well, governments, right? They're able to print fiat. However, what if there's a world out there that whereby um, not just governments, but also businesses, individuals could, quote unquote, print their own money? And wouldn't that be an amazing environment where, you know, if an individual, let's say I could print my own coin, my token, the David Chen token, and I establish some value behind that token. 
and that could be used as a form of currency because I've, I can establish um, some assets, some asset value, reputation behind that that people perceive to have value. So if everybody could do that, then that would be a very different world than what we see today um, in terms of using money. And already we already have um, electronic payment systems. In China, we have WeChat Pay. In America, we have PayPal, right? And these are, um, I shouldn't say moneyless ways, but you know, traditional moneyless ways that we're transacting, buying goods and services without the use of quote-unquote money. Yeah, I think a lot is going to change as far as how currency is dealt with in our world. Yeah, that's interesting. You said you have two children. What do you hope for? For your children in the world as they grow up well i just hope that they uh do their best uh can identify what they love to do really enjoy to do and pursue that with a passion and and um and can use that passion use that that skill and make a positive contribution to their lives and to the world to society. David, I know that you are CFO at Hanson Robotics. What other companies are you heavily involved in? Well, I became the CFO of Hanson Robotics as a result of my investment into that company. Uh, I'm also on the board, um, which resulted from uh, my investment. Uh, I am an angel investor at heart. Uh, that is the core of what I do. Uh, besides Hanson Robotics, uh, I've also invested through my fund into 25 more companies, uh, for the most part, early stage startup companies around the world, not just in Asia, but also here in the United States and Europe as well. So I love looking at new companies. I personally have uh, seen and reviewed thousands of business plans. I've met with thousands of entrepreneurs, and I always love hearing people's story stories about um, their businesses, their aspirations, their visions, what they want to do with their idea, and how they want to uh, perhaps build a great company around that. If I had a great company, and I wanted David Chang to invest in it, what would be my first move? How would I, how would I make that happen? Um, well, uh, spend time with me, get to know me, so I can get to know you, and so I can understand what you're about, you know, whether you have a uh, uh, obviously the right skills and um, aspirations, but more importantly, if you have the right character, you know, whether you're, just, you're a good guy or a good gal and, you know, whether you can behave and act with the utmost integrity and have a good heart to kind of do the right thing for our world today. So a lot of it has to do with morals. Absolutely. Well, that's good to know. That's good to know. I don't think there's enough emphasis on that in our world. Uh, David, as we move forward in the interview, I want to ask you five quick answer questions. Okay. So just 30 second answers are perfect. The first one is this, who is one person who has influenced mindfulness in your life? Shifu Daru. Shifu is incredible, isn't he? He is. He's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Very inspirational. Uh, how has mindfulness affected your emotions, David? I think it's kept my emotions in check. I mean, there were times when I was younger where you know, anger would flare and, you know, um, um, yeah, emotions would kind of run up and down. But I think that, um, you know, if, if I were to take a step back in a situation and, and kind of brush it off, well, that is growth. That is my, my personal growth, I believe. 
David, how is breathing a part of your mindfulness? I wish I could do it better. <laughs> yeah, and I think we can all work on that, can't yes. we? Uh, do you recommend a book of any kind that is related to mindfulness? Uh, so I'm very interested in this topic. And last year, um, I had the pleasure of meeting uh, one of the other uh, panelists whom I invited this time, John Marshall Roberts. And he wrote the book called The Voice Code. And I thought some of the things that he was saying in there really resonate to um, a lot of the topics here at the conference. I went through his book and John coached me and um, it was a fantastic experience and for me at least in terms of understanding what mindfulness um, could be. And I'll put that into our show notes, Mindful Tribe, that book and all the other information we've been talking about. Is there an app that you recommend that can help with mindfulness? Um, well, I downloaded the app called Calm. Unfortunately, I don't use it that much these days, but I will. Um, I would like to more so. A lot of people recommend that app, and I know, I know it, it really works for a lot of people. David, it's been awesome talking to you, interviewing you about all this, and uh, you know, as we continue to you know move forward in life's journey, I hope you enjoy working more in consciousness and mindfulness from what we've learned this weekend. It's been awesome. So thanks very much for being here. Thank you, Bruce. My pleasure. Yeah, mine too. Bye now. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for joining us today on Mindfulness Mode. For show notes for every episode, check out mindfulnessmode.com and type the guest name or the episode number into the search bar. You can also go mindfulnessmode.com slash whatever episode number you like. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you could help us out by subscribing to Mindfulness Mode wherever you listen, whether it's on iTunes or Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, so many places you can hear Mindfulness Mode. So hit subscribe and share because that truly helps our show. And remember, if you're thinking of launching your own podcast, you can get a free month at Podbean with its awesome pricing and fantastic stats. Uh, you can just do that by going to podbean.com slash podbeanmm, standing for mindfulness mode. So remember, subscribing and sharing helps keep mindfulness mode on the air. Till next time, Mindful Tribe, use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.